Welcome back to the second ever episode of the Water Carrier Podcast with your host, Billy Brannigan. Now, hopefully, if you're listening to this on Spotify, I do have intro music done. Um, After the first podcast, I did get lots of feedback, and lots of people did talk about having some intro music. So I was already imagining the I Write Sins Not Tragedies as a song that everyone loves. However, I don't think the intro music was working. So, if you do hear intro music or you don't, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think the intro music's working, but I'll try to get that done. For today's podcast, it is just me, your host, Billy Brownigan. Um, uh, we were going to get special guests, Hazza Ryan, big Essendon supporter, all the way from the western suburbs. Great man, we're going to get him on the podcast, but due to technical difficulties, um, that's not going to happen, so I'll just be doing it myself again. But hopefully next episode, episode 3, I can get someone else on to do the podcast with. Uh, in this podcast, I'm just going to review the two games over the weekend, the two semi-finals. So first of all, on Friday night, we had Richmond versus St Kilda, and then on Saturday, we had Geelong versus Pies. After I do that, I'll just go through my preview and then my predictions for Tigers versus Port Adelaide, uh, which will be Friday night. And then uh, Geelong versus the Lions, Saturday night at the Gabba. So two big games and two teams who you haven't seen in a prelim for a while in Port and Lions and two teams who have been here and know what they're doing in Geelong and Richmond. So very interesting. So I'll get into the review of the games. So St Kilda Richmond was the first game Thursday night. Uh, I'm sorry, Friday night. I I think it was the better of the two to watch. Still wasn't a great game at all. It was very... It was just... Tigers just... I, I wouldn't say they dominated. I mean, if you look at the score, you probably think they dominated. Saints just k- kept missing opportunities. And as someone that was barracking for the Saints, because I'm not a great fan of Richmond, it was disappointing to watch them miss so many goals. Very inaccurate from them. Um, I think, again, we saw a display of undiscipline from Cochin. Um, his tackle on... Oh, I can't even remember who that high tackle was on. Sorry about that. And then we have Lynch, the knee behind the play. He's very... He's he's a cheap player. He's a dirty player. And I don't like, I don't like that at all. Anyway. Um, so I did tip Richmond to dominate this game. I think you could say they did, if you look at the scoreboard. But as I said before, it didn't really. It was just, it was sort of a sloppy contest. Um, so in round four, when the Saints did get the job done over the Tigers, they did that through having more players around the stoppages, allowing Richmond to have more players around the stoppages, so then they could put their own numbers behind the ball and stopping Richmond's prestigious handball one-on-one game that gets them all the way up into the forward line where they're kicking their goals. And that's where they convert from their pressure and turnovers. That's what the Tigers do so well. So this actually allowed a sense to win because they stopped that from happening and the Tigers weren't making the most of the opportunities they had when they had more players around at the contest. So um, Tigers knew what was coming Friday night. Uh, same thing happened with the Saints. They let them. They, the Saints let the Tigers have more around the contest and you can't do that to a premiership team. That I guess that isn't the way you can beat Richmond, as the Saints obviously thought after smashing them earlier in round four. 
Tigers wasted no time. They kicked 50 points from clearances at stoppages. They just dominated, especially Dusty. He had about three clearances in a row, just bombing it long, bombing it long to Lynch and Rewalt. And for once, it wasn't pressure and turnovers that led to Richmond goals, like seen in so many times before. And it was surprising. You know, Richmond, one of the worst clearance teams in AFL, but they still got the job done, and I think that's what matters. So, yeah, I don't really have much to say for the Saints. I think Jake Carla was a massive loss, not having that guy to play on Lynch, even though he was inaccurate. I think that was a big out. But I think the Saints have a lot to look forward to next season, and I will do a review of their podcast, a review of their team and what they need to do to go to the next step um, in an upcoming episode. So that should be soon. Second game, we had Pies versus Geelong. I think, I mean, this game was over at quarter, not quarter time, I mean, half time, easily. The the Geelong just dominated from the first bounce. Scott, um, you look at Chris Scott going to Selwood, just, you know, giving that motion, you know, give the first punch, and that's exactly what Geelong did, winning that first clearance, getting it long, and scored pretty easily, kicked goals pretty easily. I think the Pies were tired. I think it's hard when you've come all the way from West Coast. That's probably one of the one of their best wins of all time. And they just were sloppy. They couldn't stop Geelong from... They just did not clog the middle. So Geelong just kept going through the middle. Buse and Stewart, they dominated, getting it back into the forward line. Just gave us endless opportunities. And I think, yeah, they were tired, but Geelong did such a good job at not letting them get anywhere near the ball I mean when you have almost a hundred more disposals than the other team you should be easily winning as the Cats did they just did not let the the uh, Pies touch it and it worked out really well kept it in the forward line Geelong um, with Stewart and Buse rebounding it back in every time it came out uh, it just worked well I think Danger in the forward line I feel last few games you got the Port Adelaide game. He did score that one of the best goals I've ever seen, where he ran from half, where he ran from the centre bounce pretty much, where he was at this in the centre square, kicked a goal. But I don't think it's worked in terms of the purpose of doing it. So as you saw against Port Adelaide, even Richmond, uh, in round seventeen, um, it wasn't fulfilling its purpose which is the fact that Dangerfield needs to be kicking goals if he's going to be playing there because he needs to be kicking goals not only but it also is done to allow Hawkins to have the one-on-one which is crucial because he's one of the best one-on-one players in the competition if not the best and that's what happened it allowed Hawkins the one-on-one against Roughhead he dominated and then Dangerfield dominated as well on his opponent and I just think it was too easy for the Cats but yeah, no, interesting to see what will happen with the Pies. I don't think you can expect much more. As they, as many people said, they were there to fill, they were there to fill the numbers, and they showed that they weren't beating West Coast, but they didn't have, the, they didn't have anything left in the tank to supply against Shillong. So, I mean, my main points from those two games was. 
I want to, so I do, um, just to let anyone listening know, want to bring some new segments into the podcast, uh, good call, bad call, looking at the, you know, arising players of each game, and then also maybe do, like, my prediction, like, my four predictions of the week, my four biggest predictions of the week. Alright, um... So my my rising star in for St Kilda has to be Rowan Marshall this season, and in that game still got the job done on Nank the Tank, but that's not enough to win your team the game. And then the Tigers, Shea Bolton, I think he had about three snags, fifteen disposals. He didn't mean much of the ball to be effective with it, and that's what I love about him and his play style. Geelong, we've seen him earlier in the season, but Sam Simpson, first game back since August. But so good to see what he can provide, not only for the footy club, but also on the field. I think he'll be a great player in years to come. And then for the Pies, my rising star, I would say Dacos for the season, but I couldn't really name anyone in that game that played. No one, None of the players played well, I thought, besides Taylor Adams. Alright, so now on to the two prelims this week. I'll start off with the Port game at Port Adelaide against Tigers, Adelaide Oval. I think this will be a big game. Um, Last time, Tigers lost by 21, but this result doesn't really mean anything when they played each other. Tigers had about eight of their starting 22 out of the lineup, So you can say whatever you want, but I think that that stat doesn't matter. I think what we'll see Port do is... We'll see them clog the middle like they did against Geelong. And I believe they'll try and make Lynch and Rewalt lead wide like they did to Hawkins. So hopefully that allows inaccuracy to come with that on those 50-50s, you know, on the boundary line. They're just going to have to pray that Rewalt and Lynch miss those. So I think that'll be a big part of Port's game is, you know, clogging the middle and allowing... Um, you know, sort of still allow Rewalt and Lynch to get their marks, but they make them lead wide is the important part, which is exactly what they did against Hawkins, and he wasn't accurate from there. He was 0-4 when he was from wide. He still had two. He missed out in front, but 0-4 from out wide. I think what they'll look at is... They'll look at how... Port will look at how Richmond are such a poor clearance team, bar that game against St Kilda, and I think Port... Will dominate the clearance, and they just got to bomb it long. But I can't. I just can't see Dixon having much of an impact. I I think it's just so obvious we're just going to see the Bolter Bolter getting into a sort of an arm wrestle with Dixon, allowing Grimes to come back for the intercept marked, and I think that will be a reoccurring theme of the game, and that's that's why I have to go with. That's why I'm I am tipping Richmond because I, I don't know where they're gonna where they're gonna kick goals from. In the Geelong game, the sort of the same thing happened. We did the intercept marks. Uh, Geelong had multiple intercept marks on Dixon, so and you wonder how they scored eight goals in the end, kicked eight goals in the end. It was from the fifty fifties like Ebert, you know, marks one twenty seconds before the siren, and then Motlop has two cheapies. You take away three goals, and it's pretty much the same result. I just I don't know where their goals are going to come from. That's what I'm. That's what I'd be worried about if you're a Port Adelaide fan. 
Um, I think they'd be saying, you know, oh, Motlop kick three. Motlop pretty much dragged them over the line, if you think about it, with his three. I just don't know if you can trust Rosie, Rosie and Dersma to be kicking two each if Dixon's not supplying. And I don't know if you can trust Motlop to give you that type of game again because he hasn't given it to you. That's that's a one of the, that's his best game at the club for a few years now. But yeah, I'm tipping Targs by a lot because I think Rewalt and Lynch will dominate on both Cleary and uh, Jonas if they go if he goes to him. They'll still make them lead wide, but I still think they dominate in the aerial aerial pursuit. And then I don't see Dixon having much of an impact with the Grimes situation. So. I see Tigs, and I actually see Tigs by about four goals. I think this will be, I don't know if this will be such a good game as people are thinking. I don't know, that's a bit of a hot take. Anyway, on to Geelong versus the Lions. So I think the big thing for the Lions is that they'll try to do is clogging the middle, just as they saw Port do, which makes Hawkins lead wide. I think the difference this time is we'll have Danger playing forward more. So Hawkins will be getting the one-on-one against Andrews. And people do talk about how Andrews is a good, one of the best defenders in the game. But if you look at his past experience against Hawkins, the last three times he's played on Hawkins, so 2017, 2018, and 2019, seven goals on him in 2017. Okay, 2017, Brisbane was almost bottom of the ladder. 2018, Brisbane, bottom of the ladder, kicked three goals. But even this year, he had another three goals on him. He's kicked 13 goals in three games on Andrews and 13 goals in four games against Brisbane when he was kept goalless by um, Marcus Adams, I believe. That's that's his name. The I don't know if he's at the Lions anymore, but he was the only one to keep Hawkins goalless or lower his impact, which Andrews hasn't seen to do yet. So I think it's going to be a massive test for Andrews, especially now it's going to be one-on-one. But I think Hawkins can still get those three goals like he's been averaging. As he's been averaging against Andrews in the past. Um, however, and I also think Danger can go big on Gardner as well. I don't know much about Gardner. I don't think he's very experienced. And I definitely back Danger over him. And then the other thing I think is... I just think this game is going to be one in the middle, if I'm honest. I think we're really we're really going to see the path of Menengola Duncan situation, and see how they go against the wingers of Robbo, McCluggage, and Berry. And then in the middle, you've got Selwood, Guthrie, Duncan, probably throw Danger Field through their um, path and might go through there against, as I said, Berry, McCluggage, Neil, and Lyons. Because I think whoever gets the clearance, the first clearance, is going to have a massive impact on the game. But in saying this, even if lines are getting clearances, I'm not too worried about Eric Hipwood. I think we can get the Taylor will get the will get the job on him. We'll have the intercept marks of Henderson coming back. He had about nine marks against the Pies. Obviously, the game was over by halftime, so half of them don't mean anything. But I think he'll try to play that same role coming back, like a Grimes type, getting them intercept marks. The biggest worry for me is having Charlie is Charlie Cameron. As I said, dangerous 
most dangerous small forward in the comp, as I said last week. I think he's going to have a massive imp He could have a massive game. I don't know who goes from, you know, Buse, maybe. Buse and Stewart are going to be running off, running off the half-backs like they did against the Pies. So I think you could see Collajazny, O'Connor, or Henry. Probably O'Connor. And I could go either way. I think, I think Cameron could dominate. But I'm still going to back the Cats. I think they're coming off red-hot form. So are the Lions, but Cats have got that in their blood. They've played last week. Lions haven't played in a while since the qualifying final. I think it's maybe a bit biased, but I think the Cats win this. I think we've seen recently that their, that their experience in prelims hasn't come up as much as you'd expect it to. Um, in multiple prelims against Richmond, you know when Richmond was at the first was it when it was the sort of the first prelim they'd been in for a while, still had experienced players like Cochin and Jerewaltz, but they hadn't had that prelim experience. I think this is the game where Geelong need to come up big with the, in terms of the experience they have. It's the most aging. Um, the game the sorry the squad we put out against Port Adelaide was the oldest squad on the field. And I think that will happen again. And I think it's got to come up for something big. So I see Cats winning. Um, obviously, I talked about doing the segment good call versus bad call. I think I'll try to do that when I have someone else on. Otherwise, it's sort of hard to do. A few would sort of just be talking like, is Tom Lynch the dirtiest player in the AFL at the moment? Good call, bad call. You know, just things like that. But then... Um, Someone recommended, like, do your top biggest four predictions and, like, a multi almost. I'm not saying I bet. I can't say I bet at all. Not into betting, but I thought it was interesting to do make my biggest predictions. So I'd say Tigers by four goals. Dixon, one goal max. Dangerfield, man of the match. And my last one would be Eric Hipwood, zero goals. Kick to kick zero. Yeah, so Hipwood, zero. Dixon, max one. Dangerfield, best on ground. And Tigers to win by four goals plus. There, that's my, that's my sources multi, if you, if you will. But I don't like calling it that. I don't think that's a good name. And, yeah, I don't bet either. So, yeah. Uh, that's all for the podcast. So, thanks for listening. Um, we'll have next podcast out Friday, next Friday, previewing the grand final, which will be exciting. Maybe even do two podcasts next week, because um, lots to talk about. Hopefully I can get someone else on, probably make the podcast run a bit smoother, but we'll see how we go. So thanks for listening, um, follow the Instagram, I should have that down below in the description. Also got a YouTube channel coming out for just smaller videos. I think I'll be doing those in the in the trade period. So the YouTube, the water carrier, capital T, capital capital W, capital C, that water carrier. Um so subscribe, like, and then Instagram follow that, the water carrier eleven. But yeah, thanks for listening and yeah, enjoy your day.